Hello, and welcome to this episode of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm your host, D.P. Lyle. Today, I want to talk about the MacGuffin. It's a subject that's tossed around uh, writing and screenwriting groups all the time, and it's both easy to understand and difficult to understand, depending on your perspective, and hopefully we can clear it up a little bit here. First of all, how do you spell it? Well, it's either M-A-C-G-U-F-F-I-N or it's M-C-G-U-F-F-I-N. I've seen it both ways. But Alfred Hitchcock, who coined the phrase, um, used the M-A-C version. So what is a MacGuffin? Well, again, if we want to, to know that, let's go back to the source, which is Hitchcock. And he is quoted as saying, The main thing I've learned over the years is that the MacGuffin is nothing. I'm convinced of this but I find it difficult to prove it to others. So a MacGuffin is nothing. What it is, it is the object, the person, the place, some mystery that drives the story, but it's not part of the story. It is, but it isn't. Let's look at some examples, and that's probably the best way to uh, explain what a MacGuffin is and why it's important. If you can add a MacGuffin to your story, something that everybody's kind of chasing, regardless of what it is, regardless of whether it's described or on screen or whatever, if you can add that, it adds an element of suspense and an element of pushing the plot forward. And you'll see as we get into these examples. So I said it can be an object. Let's go back to the 39 Steps, which is a Hitchcock movie, which probably displayed uh, the MacGuffin best and probably where he came up with the concept. In that, there are military secrets that are missing or that someone is trying to steal. These military secrets are never described. We don't know what they are. We don't know what the papers contain. All we know is that the entire story is about trying to find these and the conflict between the characters that drive the story are all about obtaining these mysterious military secrets, whatever they are. The same can be said of the Maltese Falcon, which is probably one of the most iconic MacGuffins uh, in history. Um, the Falcon is supposedly, or the Blackbird as they call it, is supposedly a gold and bejeweled statuette of a falcon that's painted black uh, to disguise it, and it's missing, and it's very valuable, and everybody's after it. So all the things that happen to Bogart's character, Sam Spade, all the things that happen with the bad guys who are after it, the police who are after him, the murders that take place in the whole story, the entire mystery is all about trying to find this mysterious blackbird or the Maltese falcon. And yet there is Always a question is whether if it's real, whether if it exists, whether if it's actually worth anything if it is found, but it is what drives the story. In another Hitchcock movie, North by Northwest, it was the microfilm. Um, Cary Grant doesn't even know what the film's on the film, doesn't, doesn't know what it's all about. All he knows is some bad guys are after him and he has to run. You know, and the iconic scene of him running across the field with a with the the crop duster chasing him and all that stuff. It's all predicated on this microfilm that nobody knows what it is, what's on it, etc., etc. Exactly the same thing can be said in the uh, one of my favorite all-time movies, Pulp Fiction. Remember the briefcase? 
and they opened it up at the restaurant, it glowed. What's in there? We never know what's in there. We never know what's in there. But the story uh, is driven by this information, this thing, this object, whatever it is, and all the things that happen and all the things ultimately come back to the confrontation in the diner and the guy with a gun trying to take it away from um, uh, from from uh, Vincent and uh, Jules. Uh, so the whole story is driven by this briefcase and nobody knows what it is. The letters of transit in Casablanca are also objects. Now, what are these letters of transit? Well, remember, this is World War II. And letters of transit will allow you to leave Nazi-occupied territory and go to a neutral territory, you know, like Switzerland or something like that. And so these papers are very valuable. And so when, uh, when Elsa and her husband come into Rick's place, uh, his bar in Casablanca, uh, they're trying to get these letters of transit so they can get out of the territory and Laszlo can go on with his anti-Nazi uh, plans. Obviously, they're at great risk because this is Nazi-occupied territory. And there's also bad guys and there's groups of refugees and there's the police and there's all these people that are after these letters of transit or at least after who possesses these letters of transit. So the letters of transit become the MacGuffin. They are the thing that drives all of the dynamics of this story and, of course, brings uh, 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 Rick and Elsa back together. Uh, you know, we'll always have Paris, that kind of thing. Um, the great scene at the end. This is how Rick becomes a hero, he, a reluctant hero, an anti-hero. He doesn't want to be involved in this. He just wants to run his bar. But when Elsa shows up and she needs the letter of transit, he becomes involved and the letter of transit is the focal point of the entire di dynamic that spins the entire story. Uh, in the Lord of the Rings, it's the ring. Everybody's after the ring. All the hobbits are after the ring. All the bad guys, all the magicians are after the ring. Gollum's after the ring. Wars break out over the ring because it holds so much power. And so... Uh, Everything about the about that entire trilogy is about finding that ring. Are the good guys going to get it, or are the bad guys going to get it? Who's going to wield the power in the in, in Middle Earth in the realm? Uh, and it's all about the ring. So the ring becomes the MacGuffin. There's multiple other stories going on throughout this, but at the, at the heart of all of them is the the ring. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and also interestingly, the Da Vinci Code. Even though in different ways, they're both chasing the Holy Grail, supposedly the cup that was uh, that was at the Last Supper. Um, and, of course, in Da Vinci Code, it had a whole other meaning. But the point is, is that the Holy Grail is the MacGuffin. It's what the quest is all about. It's what the story is all about. It is what they are trying to trying to do. It's what they're trying to solve. It's what they're trying to find. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, well, it's in the title, The Lost Ark, The Ark of the Covenant. That's what they're after. Does it even exist? Where is it? What is it? How much power does it have, etc.? Will the good guys get it? Will the bad guys get it? The Ark of the Covenant is the object, the MacGuffin, that drives all of Indy's conflicts with everybody, including the Nazis. And it goes on and on. In Star Trek III, I mean Star Trek II, actually, The Wrath of Khan, there was the Genesis device. 
which was very powerful and very secretive and very uh, unusual. And it had the power to, to create life and create planets and create all of this stuff. And so it is obviously a, an object of great power. And so the war between the Star Trek crew and Kirk and Khan is all about this Genesis device. So it is the MacGuffin that drives the story. Now, I also said that a MacGuffin can be a, a person. It can be a creature or a person, but some some animate object, as it were. Uh, one example is Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Martin Sheen's character is sent on a mission up a river during the Vietnam War, deep into Cambodia, to find Colonel Walter Kurtz who was played by Marlon Brando. This is based on the Heart of Darkness um, novel uh, and uh, by Conrad, and, and it's very similar. Interesting, Kurtz was the guy he was looking for in that novel, too. So the poetic license here is, is transparent. But it's his journey up this river, as he said, plugged straight into Kurtz, is all about finding Kurtz. Kurtz is the MacGuffin. Now, he's apparently a ex-Special Forces officer who, who went rogue, who is up in, in Cambodia, who's got these mountain yard uh, groups of troops around him that worship him like a god, and he can do horrific things, and he does. His justification is, is that war is hell, that there's, what does he call it, fear and uh, mortal fear and danger, that if you if you don't have it on your side, then it's your enemy and it's the enemy you reckon with. And he's saying that, you know, he sent these young guys over there. They're terrified all the time. That gives the enemy the, the upper hand because it's home court advantage. And what Kurtz's goal was put the fear and, and, and mortal fear and danger into the hearts of the enemy. And so, but he's rogue and he's doing horrific things. And so they send a regular army officer up to kill him. And so Kurtz becomes the MacGuffin. That's the quest. That's what he's after, just like the Holy Grail, just like the Maltese Falcon, except he's living and breathing. Same can be said for Private Ryan and saving Private Ryan. They're sent to find this one soldier during the middle of World War II, after D-Day, Battle of the Bulge type stuff, wandering all over, all, over the Fran all over France trying to find this kid. And uh, the whole mission is about finding this one person. So Private Ryan becomes the MacGuffin. He is the object that drives this story all the way through. But, of course, when they find him, their story is just beginning. Uh, in Star Wars, the Empire has developed this uh, ultimate weapon, the Death Star. And it's decimating planets, and it's got the rebels on the ropes. And so what happens? Um, they send, Princess Leia sends the droids, R2-D2 and C-3PO, particularly R2-D2, to a planet to find Obi-Wan Kenobi. Maybe the last living Jedi at that time. Because he's the only one that can help them with their mission. And in the process, they cross paths with Luke Skywalker, and then the story becomes Luke's story. Okay, so what's their mission? 
Well, their mission is to destroy the Death Star, of course, because it is the ultimate weapon. But they need the plans. They need to know how this thing is constructed. They need to know what its weaknesses are. In other words, everything, even getting Obi-Wan Kenobi, getting Luke Skywalker on board, getting all the rebel forces together to attack the Death Star is no good if they don't have the plans, if they don't know how to defeat this invincible object. And so the plans of the Death Star are the thing that drive the story. Everything that happens in Star Wars, especially in the first episode, which was chapter four or whatever it was, I forget because they were all jumbled. But it's all about finding the plans to the Death Star, and everything that happens is driven by that, that MacGuffin. In Jaws, it's the shark. The shark has appeared, and what has it done? Well, it, it's made Brody want to save the town and be a good a good sheriff, a good chief of police, even though he's terrified of the water. But he wants to protect the citizenry. And when one and then two and then more people get killed by a shark, then he is driven out into the ocean to confront the shark, which goes against everything that he's comfortable with. The town council and the mayor and all that, what are they trying to do? They're trying to protect the economy of the, of the town. They, um, they, uh, don't like the shark roaming around there, but they don't want to close the beaches. That creates conflict with Brody. Hooper comes in from the Oceanographic Institute. What's his role? He wants to study the shark. He wants to know about the shark. He wants to prove his theories about this shark. Quint, wonderfully played by Robert Shaw. Quint comes along, and what does he want to do? He wants to kill the shark because that's what he does. And this would be a great prize for him. This would be the biggest shark he's ever taken, and he's taken a lot of them. So at the end of the day, all of these conflicting stories, all the conflict of the story revolve around finding and killing this shark. So the shark is the MacGuffin in this story. In the the movie The Hangover, one of those crazy comedies, uh, Doug the groom is, is the, uh, no relation to me. Doug the groom is the guy that they're after and they got to find him and return him home safely. And so the whole story, all the shenanigans that goes on in that crazy movie are all about finding him and getting him back in the fold and getting him back home in the fifth element. The MacGuffin is Lelou. Now, this is a, this is an odd story. Bruce Willis uh, is is crazy in this, but it's it's all about Lilu, who is the fifth element, who has the knowledge that is needed, and so she, this person, Lilu, becomes the MacGuffin. So the good guys and the bad guys are all chasing each other, and they're all trying to capture her. They're all trying to take control of her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Lilu becomes the MacGuffin. In the Terminator series. It's John Connor. Everybody's after John Connor, the son of Sarah Connor and Reese. The Reese is the father. I hope I didn't give anything away there for you. And so the point is the machines of the future come back to the present in order to kill John Connor. And in the original episode, in order to kill John Connor's future mother, Sarah, kind of a proactive abortion. They want to prevent him from existing because later he teaches humans how to fight back against the machines who have taken over the, over the control of the world. So they go back in time because they know how to do this. And so thereafter, John Connor, even before John Connor is conceived and, and before he is born, 
because in the first episode, he doesn't get conceived until late in the movie. And, but they want to kill his mother. So that, but, but the purpose of killing the mother was to get rid of John Connor. So John Connor is the MacGuffin in this. And it, it is the driving force. Finding John Connor is the driving force of the entire series. It can also be places. Uh, one of the examples, it's a mad, 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 mad world. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not. It's an old movie. It's dated now, but it is hysterical. And it's got a cast of some of the greatest comedians from the 60s you've ever seen in your life. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. But it stars Spencer Tracy, who I think is perfect in everything he does. But what are they looking for? What's all this craziness about? They're actually racing against each other to try to get to this park in California to find the big W. Because apparently some treasure, some valuable objects are buried under the big W. And so the entire chaotic uh, sequence of events that goes on in this mad, 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 mad story are all about finding the big W. And of course they do it in the end. I won't give it away. It's, it's hysterical. It still, it still is funny today. Sometimes the MacGuffin can be a mystery. Now, most, many people argue that, that it's got to be an object or a person. It can't be something nebulous, but that's not really true. I think, I think a MacGuffin is the thing that drives the story. That's not really the story. So in Citizen Kane, it's it's Rosebud. Now, those were Kane's final words as he died, as he said, Rosebud. Nobody knew what that meant. The story starts and ends with it. What is it? Or a reporter knows about this, and he is trying to find out who or what or why is this mysterious rosebud? Why would Cain, a very powerful, very wealthy man, die? Why would these be the last words he uttered? Well, at the end of the day, it turns out rosebud is just a sled he had as a kid. But, but the point is, is that rosebud drives this entire story of this reporter trying to unravel who Cain was. Also, in Rear Window, to me, one of the best movies ever made. Uh, another Hitchcock movie, of course, uh, with, with Jimmy Stewart uh, and the great uh, Grace Kelly. Uh, it's just a fantastic movie and so suspenseful. But if if you remember the story, uh, the, the Jimmy Stewart character has injured his leg and he's confined to a wheelchair and he's sitting in his apartment and there's a courtyard, apartments wrap around the courtyard and across the way, you know, he's watching through everybody's windows. He's sitting in the dark watching, so he's very voyeuristic, but he sees what he thinks is a murder. Now, he doesn't know it's a murder, but he thinks it's a murder. He thinks the guy across the way murdered his wife. And he thinks he buried her somewhere, or took her off somewhere. And, and all the evidence, shaky as it is, he believes in. And he's trying to convince everybody around him, everybody who comes and goes from his apartment, that, hey, they, you got to look into this. you got to find out what's going on here. This guy killed his wife. And, and of course, in the end, there's a confrontation, and that's, that's the way it works. But the, but the MacGuffin here is the murder. Did a murder take place? And if so, where's the body? So we have not only the concept of murder, we have a corpse we got to find. And so that's the MacGuffin in the story. So these are some of the famous MacGuffins. 
and and I hope it helps you get a a feeling for what this is all about. It's not easy to explain, but it's pretty easy to to see once you see it in examples. Now, every story doesn't have a MacGuffin. Every story doesn't need a MacGuffin, and uh, they're not all that easy to to create. But if you can get a MacGuffin in your story, you can get an object, a person, a place, a thing, something that everybody is after. Then that quest on everybody's part will drive each story forward. Remember, stories are made up of multiple stories. Um, the main character, the bad guy, the the, the sidekicks, the the, uh, the ancillary characters. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody's the star of their own movie. Everybody's got a goal. And so if that goal is the MacGuffin, and that's a common goal, then you you have the makings of, of an incredible story that has great mystery, great conflict, and perhaps great action. So I hope this has helped somewhat. Uh, if you Google MacGuffin and look online and read some of the other stuff about it, you can get more detailed explanations. of. of there's a lot of stuff out there on it some interviews with Hitchcock and things like that. I've got a few links, as, as you know, I will put up on my website and blog that, that will, that you can go to, uh, and, and read about what a MacGuffin is and what it's all about. And hopefully you'll be able to incorporate in, this into your stories and make, uh, and make them even more exciting than they already are. So until next time, uh, this has been DP Lyle and, uh, I'll see you on the next episode of, Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. Thanks.